Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Our homage to Reggie Jackson, a.k.a. Bobby Schmurda. Is he a Kappa, too? <laughs> All you got to do is Google Bobby Schmurda and look at Reggie Jackson. You play pro. They're, they're his brothers, man. But now nah, he, you know, he, he ain't suave. He ain't debonair like Kappas. You know what I mean? So I used to uh, run the Kappas up. Man. On, you, you better stop. What? You know what it was. You won the pledge <laughs> at, at UNC. And they're like, man, they're going to play football. Here. Get pop, off this. Pop line. the cappers right upside the head. Get from over here with all that canes <laughs> and moving around, man. And take the girls from them all day long. Oh, boy. All day long, man. man. You, I know you lying now. Okay. I know you lying. Okay. So I knew, I lie, knew lie, what you, lie, when okay. you came up in here with your head cut, I was like, oh, he feeling himself now. You know how brothers get when they get them a fresh fade. Now you're going to come in here and talk all that stuff. Uh-huh. I'll cap huh? Okay. Uh, by the way, this is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I'm Brian Custer. We're coming to you from the Seaport District here at Pier 17. And it's brought Blue to you fight! by Chase. Hey, yo. <laughs> and joining us, of course, uh, on the line now is you our ESPN know. college basketball analyst, Seth Greenberg. How you doing, Seth? I got my fade also, Key. What do you think? <laughs> you I, look my good. Fade. I got, I got, a, a, a Key. I got a reverse fade. Yeah, you I like. Re- it. You look real good, though. You look great, Seth. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk some hoop, man. And how about the performance Paul George and the Clippers uh, put on Phoenix last night, facing elimination? And you know, the one thing Key and I have talked a lot about this morning is adjustments and how Ty Lue, ten and two. When it comes to elimination games, he is like the master. What do you think? What, what allowed the Clippers to be so successful last night? I thought Tyloo did another terrific job. He's been good, you know, quite honestly, all through the playoffs. But, you know, this, had to go to the small lineup. Had no choice. Go to the small lineup. Go to the zone. All right, what happens with the small lineup? Small lineup, more playmakers, more shot makers. The floor is more open. You can play downhill. They get 57 points in the paint. And then the zone basically neutralized that ball screen action that the Suns run because basically the Suns settled. They absolutely settled. Only 37 points from the, in the paint. You would have thought they would have pounded it in, pounded it in, pounded it in, played through eight. And you know what happened? They didn't pound it in. They settled. They didn't move the ball. They didn't move people. They shot contested shots on the perimeter. You sh- long shots, long rebounds. All of a sudden, now the Clippers are out in transition. And that was the difference in the game. I thought the other thing is, and no one's talking about the Marks Cousins. I thought he was phenomenal. When Aiton went out, they brought Cousins in. And when Cousins came in, they played through him on the block. That dude had 15. But how about those three assists when they did have to dig down and double him? He was like dropping dimes. So, I thought Cousins was terrific. I thought Ty Lue was terrific. And then Paul George, he went all Kevin Durant on us last night. I mean, like, you think about it, he took over the game when the game needed to be taken over. Seth, you talked about DeAndre Ayton not pounding it down last night. What happened to that success with Zubox not in the game uh, due to injury on the sideline, but DeAndre Ayton didn't show up nearly the way he had in previous games? They didn't give him the ball because of the zone. What, ha- what happened, Key, is real simple – uh, the Clippers opened up in that 2-3 zone, and they were active and alert. And what it did was, you know, sometimes you see a zone and mentally you think, oh, is it playing against zone, we're just going to shoot jump shots. Well, that, you can't do that. What you've got to do is you've got to get paint touches. You've got to get the ball in the paint. If you're going to run some ball screen action, which you need to screen the, the zone, you still need to come off that ball screen, reverse it, and then post it. You know what? The Suns didn't do that. They didn't do that. They settled. They settled. They, you know, they ran Booker behind the defense. They got him a couple threes in the corners. He missed them early. 
but they settled. You know, coming out of timeouts, I thought Monty did a great job of getting the ball into the paint. But on possession to possession, the zone absolutely neutralized DeAndre Ayton's impact in the game and enabled the Clippers to come back in the other end and attack. And I'll tell you the other thing Tyrant Lou did. He attacked matchups all night long. The Suns were switching because, obviously, of the small lineup. And the small lineup, uh, Morris absolutely destroyed Devin Booker. They created a switch, Booker on Morris. Morris took him into the mid-post, and he absolutely destroyed him in the first half. And they went at Devin Booker defensively. Now that I we, don't know what – as the primary defender, he got destroyed. Coach, now that we know this and we, we've watched the film and we saw everything yep. – how do the Suns bounce back to neutralize what they were doing defensively in the zone attack? Now they got time to prepare. I mean, I'm not sure that I expected to see as much zone as he did, especially early in the game. But I, I, I think that, you know, look, a, a day to prepare, NBA players are brilliant. People do not understand. These guys have PhDs in understanding the game. You're talking about the highest, highest, highest IQs. Uh, so what they'll do is they'll sit back and Monty will show them, right, hey, we settled here. we got to get the ball reversed. Why didn't we get DeAndre a touch here? You know, and, and they'll come up with some type of plan to obviously get the ball reversed, step in jumpers, post-ups, downhill drives, and not settle. Uh, I, ex- I still expect the Suns to win this series. I think they'll play a lot better. But you know, you've got three guys especially uh, that really were at a high level yesterday. Morris was terrific. Reggie Jackson is a bad man. He is a bad man. He is not afraid of the moment. He'll take a big shot. He'll get to the rim and punch it on your head. Uh, He'll make plays. Uh, I thought he was terrific. Obviously, Paul George was terrific. I didn't think the Suns were locked in. And I know it sounds crazy. I think sometimes you you go home, you play in a home game. Say, ah, we're going to play a home game. We're 3-1. and We're going to close this things out. We got these greatest fans in the history of basketball. That's great. Last time I checked, a fan has not scored a basket. A fan hasn't gotten a stop. Uh, you know, fans are great. Enthusiasm great. Energy's great. Passion's great. Ownership's great. All those things are great. But in the end, you've got to compete. You've got to play hard. You've got to make good decisions. And you know what? I thought that the Clippers made better decisions, played harder, and played with a greater purpose last night. What, what did you think about the Patrick Beverly, <clears throat> uh, Chris Paul play where he tried to get around the screen and he undercut him? Uh, and, you know, Chris came, obviously, up limping a little bit, but continued to yeah. stay in the game. Yeah, I thought he was fighting over the screen. I thought that Chris landed on his foot, on his back, and I think that's what hurt him. Here's what I had a problem with. Like, you don't know how severe that injury could have been. I, if I'm Beverly, I'm not dancing around after that like he flopped because he didn't flop. He just got his leg taken out because we call that whipping the top leg on, on the ball screen. You, you try to fight over the top of the ball screen so you really get your, your top leg over the, the screen really hard and fast, and they got caught up. I had no problem with that. I didn't think it was a flagrant, but I think he got the flagrant call for his act after the foul. Mm-hmm. After the foul, I, I thought that was a little – I thought that behavior, when you don't know Chris Ball, who's one of the great ambassadors of our game, uh, who's one of the great players in the NBA, who basically is a role model for every guy that's ever played in the league. Think about how many years he's played in the league and what he's done and how he carries himself and the success that he's had. You don't do that, man. And I love Beverly because I love, you know, you know those guys out of Long Beach. I love those hard-nosed, competitive, fierce, tough guys. But uh, Beverly, look, I'd want him on my team. I'd hate to play against him. But I I thought he got the flagrant for his behavior after as much as, you know, getting over the top of that screen. Seth Greenberg, our ESPN College basketball analyst, joins us 
via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Paul George. I mean, give him his flowers. 41 points, Ooh. 13 boards, uh, five assists. I mean, that was a virtuoso performance by him. Tell me what you thought about playoff P, and, and who do you think is the most important player in this series going forward? Well, I, look, playoff P was, uh, I thought a couple things. One, I thought he settled into the game. Like, and, and, and I was listening to Jeff and Mark, and I, those guys are so good. Uh, but, you know, they're talking about he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be more aggressive. I think they were going to attack those matchups. And uh, in the first half, that's what he did. But in the second half, he went all Kevin Durant. I mean, that's what he did. He went all Kevin Durant. I mean, look at his line. That's a Kevin Durant line right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he absolutely took the game over. And he took the game over without forcing anything. He took the game over by letting the game come to him and taking what the defense gave him. So, uh, you know, to me, look, he's got to be good. I think Reggie Jackson has got to be good for the Clippers to have a chance to win. On the other hand, I think, I think Chris Paul's got to be better. Uh, Chris Paul's, uh, you know, you're going to play against that zone, Chris. You've seen zones before. Don't settle. Ball fake. You don't have to come to the first ball screen. Maybe drive him off the second. Uh, he's the leader of that team. He's got to get those guys and say, look, hey, we're not coming back to – to Phoenix. We're going to get this thing done in L.A. And, and they're going to follow his lead and how he carries himself. And he might be the best leader in the NBA. You, you see what he's done with DeAndre Ayton. You see what he's done with Booker. They hang on his every word. So even though he might, you know, he struggles shooting the ball, Chris Paul's the key for, for the Suns. There's no doubt about it. Leadership for a young locker room that hasn't been there. Key, you know that, man. I mean, like, if you have a voice in the locker room yep. and you have a young team, those dudes are going to follow him. And I, I, I think that his voice will really be strong in the next 48 hours. All right, Seth Greenberg, our college basketball analyst. Uh, Seth, uh, we're gonna, I know we're going to talk to you at the bottom of the hour, so I look forward to it. Talk about that Eastern Thanks, Conference man. Finals. Appreciate it. Stick yeah, around, man. Absolutely. KJZ, it is presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, listen, LeBron James is not the only one who thinks that Tom Brady can't be the GOAT of all GOATs. Uh, We're going to explain that. It's KJZ on ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as key goes and the diva, key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Respect the show. Thank you. Respect the show. That's what I'm saying. All right, I I mean, it isn't 6 o'clock in the morning. Respect the show. Hey, Keith. You made a ton of money, man. I know you got some of those tailored suits. I mean, I mean, even though you put on a couple of pounds, I know you look good. Oh, oh, I've seen okay. you all dressed up. Suit up. Let's go. This is what it's all about. Now, Jay Will would probably not wear a suit. He'd go open collar. He wore a turtleneck in the middle of the summer. Yeah, I don't care. Did he say a couple pounds? Man, I just talking, man. I can't. <laughs> he said a couple pounds. I'm fly regardless. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not. I'm not running up and down the football field no more. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Brian Custer, uh, in for Zubin. You know, um, Big Perk had some uh, interesting comments uh, yesterday. Now, put, let me put this thing into context because. You remember, about, I want to say three, four years ago on The Shop, on LeBron James' show, The Shop, he was talking about the GOAT, and he said, talking about Tom Brady, uh, my only argument with a football player being the greatest athlete of all time is that they only have to play on one side of the floor, man. Uh, yes, Brady is unbelievable. Brady is the greatest quarterback I've seen, but he affects the game one way, end quote. That's what LeBron said like four years ago, right? Now, of course, Brady was on the shop just last week, uh, and he responded to it by saying, quote, I can't really just be the best with the body I was given. There's certain things that I cannot do, and I have the awareness to realize, okay, I can't do those things. You can't do everyone's job. I can't block. I can't tackle. I can't run. can't catch. Uh, but I sure as hell really can't run, but I can throw the bleep out of that football. So let me just do that, and let me do that really well. All right? So that was Tom Brady's response about being the GOAT. Well, Big Perk, you know, got asked the same question uh, about this. And take a listen to what Big Perk, our ESPN NBA analyst, had to say on Get Up yesterday. You know, I hate to come on here and start any type of confusion this morning, but that's what I do, and I don't care, okay? At the end of the day, he's right. And look, Tom Brady admitted it himself, and it's a sad world for all the football players that are that are in the business. I know Swaggoo is mad. I know Ryan Clark is very disappointed. And when you talk about the greatest player, where well, a guy that has to play offense and defense, you got to run up and down the floor. You got to be able to have a certain level of skills. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Greeny, look, it's a great day for Big Earth. It's a bad day for Foxworks right now. I know he's very disappointed. <laughs> All right, you former football player. What's your take on this, man? Can football football players really be goats when they only play one side of the field? Of all time in of sports all, in all or time. in this and just in football? Well, of all time in sports. I mean, I guess you can because you do your job. You don't have to play both. 
it's not set up that way. That's not the sport, right? It's not the sport. It's like saying that a pitcher can't be the greatest of all time because all a pitcher does is really pitch. Even though they take at-bats, they're just standing there. What about Shohei Atani? But that's a different athlete, though. He's different. He's a pitcher, but he also can swing the bat. Mm -hmm. And he can play all over the place if he need be, right? That's different. But, I mean, I don't – Perk – man, Perk be saying some wild stuff. (laughs) So, I'm just like, okay, I I understand – I understand what LeBron is saying. I understand what Perk is saying. You know, I I get it. Mm -hmm. But Tom Brady – We'll go back through three, four years ago. What LeBron said, that's not true because the quarterback, or, or yeah, the quarterback. Let's use the quarterback for example, does affect both sides of the field, or both sides. Because if he's doing his job offensively, that will allow the defense to do certain things. When you get a lead, the defense can pin the ears back and go get the quarterback on the other team. So he does affect the way. The defense plays. Mm. I mean, you may not look at it that deep because that's like deep football stuff, but he affects both sides. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've never been a guy to, to – it's only one player. It's only one player that in professional sports, maybe two in professional sports that I say is the greatest of all time, okay. and there's no argument. Who's that? Jerry Rice. Wow. Jerry Rice. Wow. Greatest wide receiver ever. I thought you were going to say Jim Brown. No, I didn't see Jim Brown play, man. All right, I, I can't. You. Right, right. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. Jerry Rice, greatest receiver ever in the history of the game. It's just, it, it's factual. In Lawrence Taylor, outside linebacker, pastor, because he changed the position. Yeah. It, after Lawrence Taylor, everybody went and tried to get them one. You know, it's like Von Miller. If it wasn't for Lawrence Taylor, it wouldn't be no Von Miller. Right. No Julius Peppers. It, would, it just wouldn't be. That type of player, you no, know, Demarcus Ware, Jerry Rice, it, it, it was different. So when you get that argument about the greatest running back, it's always, well, what about Emmitt? What about this? What about that? Who, you know, quarterback? Well, Joe Montana. Well, Tom Brady, he got nine. He played in nine. He got set. No, that argument happens all the time. You never hear anybody argue Jerry Rice. You never hear him. Who's the greatest left tackle to play? Some would say Jackie Slater. Some would say Anthony Munoz. Some would say Orlando Pace. Some would say Jonathan Ogden. You never hear people argue that. And then when you go to basketball, who's the greatest basketball player? People forget about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, absolutely. They forget. That's like, wait a minute, man. You got to start with the cap right. before you even get to LeBron James and Michael Jordan. You got to start with the cap. So it's like, is it, that's why I just like to appreciate what I've seen in greatness opposed to trying to compare because you're never going to win an argument. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had talked about uh, last hour about some of the greatest 3-1 comebacks in sports history. Uh, and I know a number of people uh, have got on the phone line, so let's get right to them. Uh, let's start uh, in Dallas. Uh, Don, Don, in Dallas, what do you got for us? Don, go on, man. You waited too long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go to Tony. Tony in Dallas. Hey, I just wanted to bring up the Rockets 3-1 comeback against those Phoenix Suns as well when everyone had them counted out in 95. Ne- never underestimate uh, the heart of a champion. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, how about uh, Allen? Allen from L.A. What you got? Are you kidding me? I'm on the line. 
You're, you're on we the got line. The, we, hey, we, I'm really upset at Key, but this is... What you mad at me for? Because you live in L.A., and you come from L.A., and the Kings have the greatest comeback of all time. Yeah, but it's 3-0. It's not 3-1. It was a three. It was three zero, not three one. You looking at your way? But we put the question out as three one, not three zero, not two two, three one. Alan, come on now. But key, it was three one because after the third game, they won one. Then it went to three one. This guy, this guy, it's funny. All right, appreciate you, brother. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can hate the logic there. <laughs> right, right. At one point in the series, it was 3-1. <laughs> no, it was, but it wasn't. The question was not 3-0. It was 3-1 in 2014 when the Kings came back <laughs> that, against the San Jose Sharks. That Shorts. is also some key logic right there. Like, I could see Key using <laughs> yeah, that tailor logic. Yeah, tailor it to his, like, to yeah, his yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> key liked to do that. Uh, let's go to Melissa in Michigan. What do you got for us? So after that call, I'm kind of afraid to get on here because I'm going to say doing this 3-1 thing totally eliminates football from the from the conversation. And, Key, I don't understand why you're allowing that to happen because Super Bowl 51 by far was the best comeback ever. I know, but we – you know, we, I guess we could break it down in quarters. Yeah. We could say, you know, if you want to break it down in quarters for mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. teams trailing, come from behind – what was the greatest comeback of all times? I mean, clearly, when you think about it, you could go Houston against the Buffalo Bills and Frank Wright. Right. The Buffalo Bills against Houston, better yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go that because they were down crazy, came back, won the game in the playoffs. You can go our Monday night game when I was in Tampa against the Colts. Basically, everybody went to sleep. Monday night miracle. Monday night. I went to the locker room with like eight minutes ago, and we up by like 28 points. I came back out. I'm like, man, what the hell happened? What were you doing in the locker room? I got hurt. Oh, okay. I got hurt, okay. and I had to go into the locker room. Um, and then the Super Bowl, obviously, yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. So I guess you he could, if you want to, you know. Manipulate. Uh, manipulate it. You could do that. My producer came up with the, the topic. Right, so right. blame him, Melissa. Don't blame me. <laughs> uh, how, how about Matt in North Carolina? What's the best 3-1 comeback? All right, so Brian, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's got to be the 2016 Cubs. There you go. This is the same team. This is the same team that blew their own 3-1 lead in the 03 NLCS. You look at the Bartman the Bartman game, game you yeah. come back. Yeah, man. And then you come back, you get into it, you're, that, you're up in the eighth inning, Chapman gives up a home run, you go tied, now you get a rain delay, like everything that could have gone wrong for that team could have gone wrong, and they still come back, win game seven, win that first World Series in 108 years, man. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that, what was it, 100 and I want to say like eight years? It was, you, it, was, it, was, it was a bucket of change. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. That, that the Cubs had last won the World Series and the, the curse. Why everybody blame that man Bartman, though, man? Yeah. That yeah. wasn't even – that was like – that wasn't even the game, yeah, though, yeah. right? I mean, it was – they had mistakes in a couple of innings yeah. that, that led to they that. They blame that poor dude, man. I know, I know. And, and, the, and the sad part about that is that man still, you know, has never talked, uh, still living in hiding. That's, that's the craziness. And they, all the success now that Chicago's had since then, uh, still living in hiding and, and doesn't talk to the media, uh, which is crazy to me. 
Um, by the way, I uh, got to remind you that uh, Keyshawn and Jay will. At least you got exuber. my name right. Oh, come on, man. Keyshawn. <laughs> come on, man. You know how many people I heard from, from about that yesterday, man? man. You can't get my name wrong. You're a black man. You're supposed to know my name. <laughs> Yo, I think y'all set me up because I said Keyshawn. I think that was just some tricky editing. Uh, it is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer gives you multiple quote options so you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. Um, we're going to give a whole new meaning to ice tray, and we're going to explain that right after Sports Center. Clippers basketball, George for three. I got your glass, John Mark Jones. Knocks it down, makes it 89-78. Paul George trying to silence the haters, coming up with 31 through three quarters. Mark Jones, Doris Burke, ESPN Radio, the Clippers facing elimination. Well, they beat the Suns 116-102, game five of the Western Conference Finals. Paul George, 41 points. He was 15 of 20 from the field. He had 13 rebounds, six assists. Second player with a 40-point, 10 rebound, five assists, and 75% shooting in a playoff game. Patrick Ewing did it first in 1990 against the Seas. The Suns lead the series three games to two. Game six, back at Staples Center, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can see it on ESPN and hear it on ESPN Radio. An MRI shows that Trey Young has a bone bruise in his foot. He is questionable for game four tonight against the Bucks. The Hawks, will they expect Young to play? Malika Andrews reported on SportsCenter that the Bucks are also preparing as if Trey Young will suit up and play tonight. Uh, coverage of game four of the Eastern Conference Finals starts 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Lightning, they take game one of the Stanley Cup final, 5-1 to one of the Canadians. For the Lightning, you know, this is their first win in game one of the Stanley Cup finals all time. They lost game one of the Stanley Cup finals back in 2004. They did it again in 2015 and last year in 2020. Sports Center. it is brought to you by California Almonds. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet, you're going to need some help, and almonds are your snack to keep your head in the game and your body energized, so refuel with almonds, California almonds. Own your everyday, every day. Young tried to fire a pass inadvertently. It's stolen. Young goes down. Trey Young is still down on the other end of the floor with 29 seconds to go in the third. Did he roll an ankle? It's, uh, it's hurting. It's frustrating. Came back in. It was just kind of sore, and I... Made me mad, couldn't really go as fast as I wanted to, and then when I did, it hurt. It's really going to allow them to press up on him, get some length on him, and really make it difficult for a guy like that to be efficient. Seth Greenberg, our ESPN college basketball analyst, he joins us again via the Goodyear hotline. It is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear. More driven. I know we talked about the Western Conference Finals. Let's hit the Eastern Conference Finals game four tonight. What's the expectations, you think, Seth? Well, it depends on Trey. It's real, real simple because, I mean, if, if Trey can play, and let's face it, Key, how many years you play in the NFL? 11. 11 years. How many bruised ankles did you have? I had a couple, but I was able to play. What? Yeah, yeah. you know what they did? You went to the doctor again. 
and he went out and played. Let's be honest. And this is the most important game of the year, so you know what he's going to do? He's not going to feel that bruise. There's no doubt. There's a difference between a bruise and a high ankle sprain. So, you know, he's going to play. Now, will he be able to be the same player? Look, his game's built on stopping and starting, changing direction, changing speeds, hitting a spot, elevating. And then, obviously, every once in a while, he creates some separation and does the shimmy. But right there, like pushing off of that leg. How long and how well will he be able to do it? I, I expect to see the Bucks to go at him, make him defend, as well as trying to really be aggressive on him and, uh, and attack him on all those ball screens. I love the Bucks' small lineup against the Hawks because it gives them greater versatility offensively and defensively. I expect the Bucks to go with that. It also opens up the floor when Giannis is at five. He is a brutal matchup. Uh, I think that the Bucks will win this game, but I think they'll, they're going to make Trey defend, and they are absolutely going to go after him and not give him any room. But, look, he's going to get a little shot at his rear end, and he's going to play. Yeah, a little tour at all won't hurt him. He'll yeah, be all exactly. right. A little, yeah, exactly. A little, little, little help. You know, it, 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 he'll be fine because, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a bruise versus a high ankle sprain. Yep. And you could tell he was hurting late in the game, but yet and still he still played. So it's just sore. He'll get a little treatment. He'll be fine. Coach, who's who's more important to the success of, of the Bucks? Is it Middleton or is it Giannis? No, it's people. Look, Park. I love Park, by the way. Park is unbelievable. But come on now. I mean, Giannis, he's getting 30 and 10, 11, 12 every single night. You can just mark it down. He's going to get 30, 12 now. Middleton, look, when he, when he plays well, they're at a different level. I think, look. Middleton's an all-star. Middleton's a guy that can take over a game. He's a guy that can close a game, which is so important. He's a terrific player. I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from him. These are two terrific players. But Giannis is just different. Giannis is a freak. All right? I mean, Giannis, you can't scout what he does. You can't game plan for some of the stuff that he does. Also, yeah. uh, uh, now, does he, uh, does he need space to play? Sure. But Giannis is just well, different. Well, let, let me ask you this way then. Is it more important to have a closer in the end like Middleton, or three and a half quarters of a guy like Giannis? Well, if Giannis doesn't play the first three and a half quarters, you don't even need a closer because you're not positioned to win the game. Like, if Giannis doesn't get 30 and 11, you're, they're not winning the game anyway. So, you, you know, I think you need both. And that's why, you know, we'd say either or, Batman, Robin. I think, you know what, they feed off each other. I mean, one guy does one thing. Uh, now, the difference is I think that Giannis is much more consistent I, like Middleton had that huge game, and he's had big, big games. But you know, he's got to bring it every single night. He's got to shoot it. He's got to make shots because when he's making shots, the floor's more open. And now Giannis, all those drives, uh, he's got more space to play. But Giannis at five. Giannis at five. Play that small lineup. I thought Connaughton was terrific. P.J. Tucker was terrific. I thought Portis was terrific. Uh, Lopez does not play in this game because he can't get up on that ball screen. When they set that flat ball screen for – for Trey, he, you've got to be up at the level of the screen. If not, if you're in drop coverage, he's got the floater or he engages you and then he throws the lob for the dunk. If you're up on the level of that screen, now all of a sudden you take that away. So I like the small lineup for the Bucks, and I like that. Uh, look, Middleton, he's going to make shots, but you need Giannis and you need what he does because, you, you know, game planning and scouting, you can scout all you want. You can game plan all you want. Giannis will do something that you can't. You can't game plan for it. All right. Seth, I know you got to go. Who wins the game tonight? Just real quick. I think the Bucs are going to win. Okay. Here you go. Our college basketball analyst, Seth Greenberg. Thank you, Seth.
Appreciate you. Of course, NBA, the Eastern Conference Finals, ESPN Radio. You can tune in tonight. Game four, Hawks, Bucks. It is presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. All right, you, you heard what Seth was talking about. What about for you? What do you think is most important in this game tonight? Well, I think in, in terms of the game, I think Trey Young, yeah, in terms of the, the game, mm-hmm. the health of Trey Young, what, what can he do to get himself healthy? And if he is healthy, is it playing in his mind as he's on the court? Is he thinking about it? And can the Bucks take advantage of that sword? And it's something that they didn't do against Brooklyn and James Harden. They yeah. kind of didn't take advantage on either ends of the floor in his injury. In terms of most important for their team, yeah. I would say – it's probably Middleton for me, uh, although Giannis is a walking 30. But when we get in the crunch time, it's always an issue. Missing free throws or not defending the top dog on the, on the defensive end. It, it, that's always a problem to me. I, I, don't, I don't like that part of it. Middleton being able to close because Giannis can't close. I mean, you, he's your MVP, two-time MVP who's playing phenomenal. But in the end, he's not the guy closing it out. And so – that makes me wonder and question some things in terms of the leadership, all of those sort of things on that particular team. Who do they look to go to in the end? The, the one thing that concerns me for Atlanta, you look at it, it's like your best two shooters are hobbled now. Yes. Trey Young is the engine for that offense. And when they're playing at pace, that gives Milwaukee problems. When they can get up and down and they, they start knocking down shots, that gives Milwaukee problems. Now he's got – the bum ankle, that hurts him. You can see when he came back in that fourth quarter, you know, he couldn't get lateral his lateral movement. But the encouraging part about that, though, Brian, is that he came back. He came back. And he played. Right. See, when you, when you tweak your ankle uh, like that, it, it's sore. It's not necessarily swelling up on you. It's just really sore because of the jolt, the okay. suddenness. All of a sudden, it's like, ah. And you get that burn in there, and it's sore. They go over, do whatever they need to do to try to loosen it up again, and it may get stiff on you. And you're out there running around, and you you still feel that soreness. And that's what was going on with him in the fourth quarter. The encouraging thing again is he played and he walked off with a little bit of a, you know. But he's had a day or two to rest it up and get ice and treatment. And like Coach said, they'll give him something. I don't know what they'll give him, but medicine is a – Medicine does wonders for you when you need it. And, and the thing that, that I think is disappointing for Atlanta is, first of all, Bogdanovich has been hobbled with the yes. knee. And he can't hit a shot. And now when you got Trey hobbled too, it's like, oh, boy, our two best shooters are down. And you got a sense, you know, listen, they lose tonight. It's a wrap. You know, this, this, this thing could be. Yeah, you don't want to be down 3-1. I mean, yeah. you don't, you don't want to be down 3-1 if you're Atlanta. Um, and two of your two of your best shooters are that are yeah hurting, I don't hurting. I, I don't know the the injury report on them right now other than watching Trey Young play in the fourth quarter and walk off the court tells me he'll be fine okay I mean I've had injury like that before yeah a day two later I'm good okay I mean you know what I'm saying I'm good got the treatment whatever little swelling I had is down and once you get going the drilling will carry you the rest of the way yeah. We'll see. Uh, so uh, the question now is, uh, we'll turn to football because I got to ask, who's more important, folks, to the Cowboys' success this season? You know, I'm going to love this conversation. Is it Zeke or is it Dak? We're going to discuss that. But Key, he's got this. 
Do you have a motorcycle, ATV, or even a truck that's sitting in your garage that you've been waiting to sell? With RumbleOn.com, you can easily turn your unused vehicle into cash in minutes. RumbleOn.com will give you a cash offer for your vehicle and pick it up for free anytime, anywhere. They can even finance your next Harley. Let me see if I can get this right. Polaris. 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 There you go. There we go. Got it right. Come on, man. K&M, Yamaha, and even more if you are just looking to upgrade. See what Rumble On can do for you by visiting RumbleOn.com. Fast bikes and even faster cash. Hey, it's Greeny, and the Clippers have life. Staying alive with a road win in Game 5. Do they now have a real chance to come all the way back in the series and make the finals? We'll talk about it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Brought to you by California Almonds. With 6 grams of natural protein, there's nothing you and almonds can't do. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on the road to training camp. Uh, Count down the days of the football and getting you ready for the season. I like this kind of party. We're going to be here all day, baby. Yeah, in New York City, Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, we're going on the road to training camp. Uh, we got to talk some football, man, because camp is getting close. What, about 30 days, somewhere around there? Away? Less than that, I isn't believe. It? What, what, what's the date? The th- 29th? 29th? Yeah, we, we right outside at probably 27 Tw- okay. days or so. All right, so it's that football is right in the air. So, you know, listen, we wanted to talk about X Factors. July 28th, by the way, guys, Steelers, Cowboys can report to, uh, tra- can report to training camp because they're playing in the Hall of Love Fame it. game. So. A month from yesterday was the, uh, the the day. Okay, so there we go. So we want to talk about X-Factors here. We want to go through some teams. And, Key, we want to uh, hear your thoughts. I think these came from Bleacher Report. Um, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. But, you know, I think, first of all, let's start with Chicago, the Bears. Because, you know, everything is centered around Justin, Justin Fields and whether or not he should start. Um, obviously, Coach already said no, he wasn't. But Bleacher Report says Robert Quinn, they went to the defensive side of the football. They said he's the biggest X factor for the Bears this year. What do you think? I think so. I, I, you know, I understand the Justin Fields situation, but when you think about Robert Quinn, you think about the defensive side of the ball, Khalil Mack and those guys over there, you got to think that that is the way that they're going to win football games, whether it's Justin Fields 
or whether it's Andy Dandy Dalton starting at quarterback it, because this is not a throw the ball all over the lot type team. This is a ball control team and a defensive oriented team. That is how you win games, especially if Aaron Rodgers is not in the division. Robert Quinn can do some things defensively, yes. can clearly free up the defensive side of the ball, allow Khalil Mack to get back to his MVP ways on the defensive side of the ball if he's doing his job. If he's not, now you can concentrate solely on Khalil Mack. You know, when when Quinn left Miami and came to the Cowboys, you know how much I love the Cowboys. Yo, he was a baller. He had a great year uh, for the Cowboys. I was hoping they would re-sign him. Um, it's a good pickup for Chicago, and I thought interesting. Speaking of the Cowboys, uh, Bleacher Report says Zeke Elliott, the biggest X factor for Dallas. There's been all kinds of reports in the offseason that he's having the best offseason ever. He's slimmer. He's been working out. Uh, what do you think? You know, since we're going to stay with the players on the field and not the coaches, I would say Dan Quinn, if we were talking about coaches involved in this as an X factor because the defense was so poor that yeah. he needed to, they needed to fire the defensive coordinator to bring a new guy in. But Zeke Elliott is the guy. When you think about what he's capable of doing with that offensive line healthy, with Dak Prescott healthy, now you open up a lot of different things. You get eight and nine men outside the box. Now you get a chance to gash him up the field, opposed to allowing them to sit back because the running game is stale. I think if he can stay in health, stay healthy, stay in shape, stay out of the clubs, and stay stop messing around and concentrate on playing football, Zeke Elliott could have an MVP type season. Stay out of the club. <laughs> stay out the clubs, man. I ain't got no problem with telling. I'll tell yeah. Zeke to his face. He yeah. know that. Yeah. Every time I see him, you need to – a different conversation. But right. I tell him, man, stay your butt out the club. Yeah. Man. Now, I'm happy you talked about the defense because, for me, you know, when I look at the defense and, and listen, I know a lot of people in Dallas say Demarcus Lawrence. But how about Randy Gregory? Because this is a guy who played in only 10 games, didn't start at all, had more quarterback hits, pressures than any lineman on the Cowboys defense last season. For a guy not starting, only played in 10 games, and they, hey, they said he's had a great offseason this year. Uh, they're expecting big things. I would like to see Randy Gregory do some big things for the Cowboys. Gregory is, is a guy that you could – use as an X factor, but it's the secondary is their problem on defense more point. so than the front. Yep. Lawrence and Gregory and those guys up yeah. front, uh, Jalen Smith, they, they're fine. They're good. The secondary was poor. Mm-hmm. So if you address the secondary and get those guys to play, and Dan Quinn on the defensive side as the defensive coordinator putting schemes together, the Cowboys are going to be hard. to. It's going to be a hard out. I know a lot of people every single year we pick the Cowboys because we get all excited about it and they're America's team and they're always on television and they're on ESPN, highlight after highlight. Yeah. And Stephen A's poking fun at them when they lose. I think this is truly the year that they could be very successful and go a long ways. No, all right, I'd like to hear that. All right, so let's talk about the Packers. Jordan Love, according to Bleach Report, X Factor, we think. I mean, he's going to have to be the X Factor. The, X, the real X Factor is at home somewhere, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But. He's got to be the X factor. He's being forced into the lineup as of right now. He knows it. And look, they have a Super Bowl-ready team. One of the things that I've always said, Brian, when you look at Super Bowl-ready teams, Mm -hmm. quarterback is extremely important to not screw it up. And when you're young, all you got to do is dink and dunk, don't turn the ball over, hand the ball off to the running back, allow your defense to play. This team went to two NFC Championship games with Aaron Rodgers underneath the center. If they could – have some success with him throwing the football offensively. They still got Devontae Adams and Lazar. They went out and got Amari Rodgers from Clemson, a young player. 
They still got Aaron Jones in the backfield. They still got a solid offensive line and a good tight end. It's not like you remove Aaron Rodgers from a bad football team. You're removing Aaron Rodgers from a damn good football team. And you're certain inserting a young quarterback into the lineup. Think about the New York Jets when they went to two straight AFC championship Mark games. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez was wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Right. Yep. And I think you could do the same things in Green Bay if, in fact, they can't convince Aaron Rodgers, which I don't think they will, to come in and play. Hmm. Even though, Evan, he renewed his golf membership. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Look at Key. Must be a nice course. <laughs> Must be a nice course in Green Bay. Right, exactly. Uh, how about the Raiders? Uh, they say, uh, Bleacher Report, Henry Ruggs. And all I think about them playing the Jets last year, down at the very end of the game, all of a sudden, Carr well, throws the Jets. a ball. Yeah, Jets is stupid, though, man. Touchdown the Jets, Ruggs. The Jets, they, they, Greg Williams, that's why they. Yeah, well, they and that's why just, he got fired, exactly. Yeah, he was. He, that didn't even make any sense. Not, not but, no, but no. Henry Ruggs is a player that needs to step up. I had about 30 catches last year as a rookie. You give him a bit of a pass. In that situation, he's a home run hitter, a deep threat, there one of is. the fastest guys in the National Football League, can certainly play. But I wouldn't consider him their X factor. I would consider Carr the X factor hmm. because the Raiders are only going to go so far as Carr takes them. And I think when you think about John Gruden, the frustration that sets in with his quarterbacks, he's never satisfied. And for Derek Carr's sake, I hope he has a good year because I'd like to see him finish his career and not retire early because he's not in Las Vegas. Uh, what about the Rams? They say Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford is the X factor because we went out, we spent a, a we spent a lot of draft picks to go get him. He was 0-3 lifetime in Detroit in the playoffs. Yeah. You're the guy. Mm-hmm. We, we, we replaced a Super Bowl appearing quarterback with you. Yeah, you're right. Uh, again, all the guests uh, here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, here on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Brian Custer in for Zubin. Uh, is Ty Lu headed for another Hollywood ending? That is next. KJZ, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.